welcome to the Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. This is our third episode. Uh, I am your host, Noah Downs, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Bisson. How are you doing, Luke? I'm good. How about you? Oh, you know, I'm doing great. Um, it's not a lot of news this week. No, I, I, I scoured and I, I searched everywhere. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, well, fortunately, we have a few nuggets for you guys. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about... Uh, the few nuggets of news we have and uh, some trades that we've denied or accepted. And then we're going to go kind of do a recap of a startup draft that we just did. Um, let's start off with the news and notes. Uh, here, there are rumors that Josh Gordon has not shown enough dedication to the NFL to come back just yet. What do you think about that? As a, as a fan for the team, uh, I'm frustrated. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. Do you like the Cleveland Browns? Oh, man. It's a hard knock life. As a fan, though, I, I, I am uh, I'm, I'm very frustrated with this only because I think it's a foregone conclusion that he will be reinstated this year. Yeah. Um, I just hope they do it before the draft, or I, I hope they at least let the team know their intentions before the draft. Uh, there's a lot of higher-end wide receivers uh that could help this team this year uh, in the sense of like uh, Corey Coleman, Josh Doxson, that they could grab in the early second round if Gordon is not going to come back, Mm -hmm. that I would rather be able to get than find out three days after the draft's over that we're stuck with insert random guy off the street here as your number one. You mean like you don't think that Terrell Pryor is going to be the guy. <laughs> uh, I think that he could be the guy if he worked really hard for three more years. Yeah, 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 I get that. You know, he's a quarterback. Anyways, um... Right. So... Which, which, Hugh, which Hugh Jackson has said that he hasn't decided yet if in his offense he is a wide receiver or a quarterback. Yeah, with RG3 there, he is definitely a wide... Um, Terrell Pryor is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I would say um, this is just purely political, and that's just my opinion. I have no inside sources or anything, obviously, but I think that if the NFL is the NFL feels that if they, if they are seen as being too lenient on Josh Gordon by allowing him in as soon as he's able to be reinstated, then they feel like they lose a lot of face. Um, and on the other hand, they also want to show that you know they're taking this seriously all that jazz and I, I mean I think the guy's shown enough I think he's gonna come back it's just a matter of them saying okay Josh Gordon's coming back but the longer they wait the less of a news story it's gonna be because it'll fade from people's minds as well so I think the NFL is both doing a PR thing and a political thing well they might be doing that though for that exact reason um, he's already been suspended for over, you know, for one year at this point, yeah. uh, before, and he, they brought him back right away, and uh, he had his mishap on the plane coming back home. Yeah, he had so, like a beer. I had like right. six of those before we got on air. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so when it comes to the situation, my thought is that more so they're waiting for something like the draft to bring him back in so that it's buried on page six. Yeah. Because if he comes back in and messes up again, which he could, 
No, I'm not going to sit here and say that he won't, although you would think that if he was going to, he would have messed up in the off season when he had nothing to do. Yeah. But I mean, so but if it happens, it's not really on them. You know, they gave him a chance and it didn't work out, kind of thing. So we'll see if they're on right draft time if he's brought back in. I hope so. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to the rest of our notes, uh, we have Mike Glennon on the move in the draft, and you know you flagged this one, so I'll let you take it. Basically, one of the reasons um, I'm bringing this up is. Uh, I'm looking at it, and besides the now inevitable signing of Fitzpatrick back to the Jets with the uh, Ferguson, their left tackle, announcing his retirement yesterday. Uh, he went to UVA. Yes, he did. Yeah. I, when he came out, I wanted him to go to Cleveland so bad. <laughs> uh, you know, as a Virginia Tech fan, I really didn't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I I really thought you know besides Joe Thomas who they have there now in Cleveland I thought that you know the brick was a really good prospect yeah. coming out and he proved it for you know upwards of a decade but with him leaving he's opening up nine million dollars of cap space for them to go out and meet at least halfway with Fitzpatrick so Fitzpatrick's going back to the Jets so with that in mind. Denver still has the Sanchez, you know, the the, the Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the butt fumbler. Yeah. That's Good all old they have. Butt fumbler. <laughs> so, so I think that I could see them making a day two trade, maybe even an early day three trade to get Mike Glennon, who's just wasting away in Tampa Bay behind, you know, Winston. Well, I mean, you got to think about the kind of the teams that are looking at Glennon as a quarterback. You got the Jets, the Rams, and Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of those have been actually linked to Glennon yet. Correct, not yet. No, this is purely speculation. Um, but you have to understand that Glennon's going into his contract year, and if Tampa Bay is going to get anything out of him before he moves on in free agency after this upcoming season, they're going to have to do it now. I, I think that he is an interesting player in a super flex or, or another type of quarterback premium league because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's shown that he can do something. Um, it's not much, but definitely something. Um, right. However, I, I think that if you're in a start one quarterback league, this is not news for you. But no. if he goes to a good situation, like if he goes to the Jets, if he goes to the Rams, um, not really Denver. I feel like Denver's probably going to get a quarterback somewhere. Um, but they could. Denver yeah. could. I think if he goes to the Jets or the Rams, then he's a good buy low in a quarterback premium league because he'll be a backup, but he'll have a great chance to start at least for a few games. I agree. As far as Denver goes, Denver is probably going to pick one up, but at the earliest, they pick 31st unless they trade. So right now, they're looking at getting Connor Cook. Right. So do you want Cook or do you want Glennon? I want Cook. Okay. That's just me, though. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Denver thinks. They get paid a lot more money than I do to talk football. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, moving you... on, moving on. We've got uh, Percy Harvin is now unlikely to play in 2016. To me, this is, even though it's a story, it's really a non-story. Um, I'm looking at uh, Harvin as being a gadget guy in the past couple of seasons when he was active. 
And I really don't think that he has much relevance going forward. I'm sorry to see his career ended on such a a quiet, quiet note versus that nice boom that you were used to having in his earlier years and stuff. But no, I don't think that he has any re- relevance. And so I'm fine with it. Well, I mean, I don't think that this is the end for Percy Harvin. I think he needs to take a year to get healthy. He's only 27. I mean, he'll he'll be he'll be 28 in 2016, but he could come back for a year or so as an age 29 player. I think that I would I would not hold on to him though in a dynasty league unless it's a really deep league, um, because I think he just gives gadget players a bad name at this point. He's really good at what he does, but I'd rather have a another form of gadget player that. Where the league doesn't think, oh, he's just Percy Harvin or something like that, you know? Mm. Uh, to me, who I want, if I want a Percy Harvin type, I want Tavon Austin. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think there's a few Percy Harvin types coming out in this draft that I'm interested in. Mm. I agree. I, uh, my personal, you know, I, I think that uh, Boyd, Tyler Boyd out of uh, Pitt is going to be amazing. Yeah, and if you can't afford Tyler Boyd out of Pitt, then uh, you could wait until like your fifth round or your waiver wire and grab DJ Foster, who I actually have a love affection for. <laughs> that is an excellent take. <laughs> I think if you have not heard of DJ Foster, go have a look at him. Um, he's out of Arizona State and he can do everything. However, if you're in the league with me, don't go look at him. So moving on, one last piece of notes. Um, Jeff Hurman, spelled with two E's, um, he is apparently primed to start in Denver. I like it. You know, I think it'd be good for him if he uh, was able to sit there and get the start as the uh, the go tight end, the move tight end, as yeah. opposed to Virgil Green out there as the blocking tight end. I think it'd be good. I don't um, think he sees the field. I think I I, I, I that yeah, I do. I'm just uh, you know, the, the, the draft is going to tell us what happens. Yeah, you know? I mean. I think that um, the good old days of the Denver offense are long past, especially after Peyton Manning, but even before then. Um, the the Julius Thomas years are long behind because Julius Thomas obviously has to move on to the the Jags. If any, if, I think that there's any tight end of relevance in Denver, I honestly think it will be Virgil Green. I can see Jeff Hurman getting a chance, but they're going to need to protect whoever that quarterback is so much that his lack of blocking ability is going to seriously hurt him. Well, you let me know if you want to put a wager on Huberman versus Virgil Green. Uh, well, no, because I think that's basically like saying, well, crap is crap. <laughs> and I don't want either. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll get one out of you, though, before the end of the show. <laughs> no, you will. <laughs> I mean, you can say, like, Gary Kubiak loves Huberman, theoretically. That's what he keeps saying. But it's not like he exactly has uh, the draft pedigree. He's got a little bit of draft pedigree as a third-round pick, but then he tore his ACL in rookie right. minicamp. And who knows what kind of player he is right now. I, I think that it'll be tough for him to get those number one duties, but I, I just don't see it really happening. I, I think that he has a better chance than like Richard Gordon or Nick Casa. Or Manasseh Garner, or whoever the heck that guy is. Um, the last time that he had relevant snaps in their offense, though, 
I mean, there were two quarterbacks there that are no longer on the team that were throwing the ball, you know. So I, I, I don't know how he's going to connect with whether it's Sanchez or it's whoever they draft or whoever. So that's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that if, if you can get Huerman for, like, a fourth or a fifth, he's worth taking a flyer on. But I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to pay more than that for him at all. I can dig it. All right, so what uh, what else do we have? Let's see. Let's go over a few trades that we have examined in this offseason. And if you are on one of the other – if you're a listener and you're on one of the ends of these trades, please don't take it personally that we're talking about you. Um yeah, and if you're a listener and you uh, you have some trades that you've made that you like or uh, trades that uh, you've denied that you hate, you know, send them in. Yeah, you can reach us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. I repeat, that is intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. Send us something. All right, so, uh, Luke, what are some trades that you've made in this offseason that you really like? Maybe maybe give us give us one example of a trade you've made. Well, one trade that I made, I actually made last night, uh... Oh. And uh, it's a little uh, little complex, but I, and I'll, I'll be quick about it. But uh, basically, it was Dion Lewis and my fifth rounder for Kenny Bell, who didn't start last year at all, but I feel will do good in the Tampa Bay offense. And Mark Barron, who is a safety slash linebacker for the LA Rams. Right, right, right. What I like about it is that Deion Lewis is going into an, un, you know, he has an unknown position right now. He's a running back, but he doesn't have, uh, uh, it's not like he's Todd Gurley, where Todd Gurley is the ball runner, you know. New England has this running back by committee set up, and he's the catch running back. Yeah. But we have no idea what he's going to get, and so his value was high now. I expect it to be lower in season. So I cashed in on it by getting a guy that has a lot of upside in Kenny Bell, and a guy that scores monster points at linebacker for me and Mark Barron. Yeah. You know, I thought it was a good move. I think that's a great move, too, because, frankly, Deion Lewis is probably the last running back that you can name that was relevant in terms of starting in New England, and he got injured. So I don't really trust New England running backs. That's just, like, that's a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that's a thing for you, too. So I oh, think absolutely. that was a good move to cash out on Deion Lewis. Only reason he was on my team to begin with is because he was a waiver wire grab. Oh, really? Well done. Thanks. Is, are there any other picks that you, uh, any other trades that you've liked that you've done this offseason? Um, I did one earlier this offseason where I moved the 103 and uh, Matt Ryan for the 102 and a 202, and I was in a two quarterback league. Oh, really? I liked it. Uh, I got to move up one. Uh, as far as the first round, but it also secured me a second round grab where I can get somebody I need, and I had a luxury at the quarterback position. Uh, how did you get that luxury exactly? Uh, well, uh, someone gave me a RG3 for my second. Which he made me on the move, too. I think it was Joe Flacco. Oh! Yes, it was. I'm yeah. Sorry, I apologize. It was Joe Flacco. I have RG3 on the brain right now. He's uh, he's about to get moved from my squad as well. Oh, good. And you're a Cleveland fan, so. Oh, Cleveland. But uh, my uh, my brain rules. My heart does not when it comes to fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my heart sometimes rules, depending on if I'm playing with local boys or not. Um, a trade that I've made this off season. I, I don't know if you know this, but I made a few trades. <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> Me trade. 
much. Um, I think one of the ones that I really liked in terms of both teams, um, I moved. I had Thomas Rawls and C.J. Anderson in a uh, in a league that is about a year old. I moved them for the 101 this year, and I was just over the moon with it. And I think the other guy was too, um, because he had a definite need at running back and taking two shots with both of Thomas Rawls, who right now is the starter in Seattle. And uh, C.J. Anderson, who is going to probably come back, and for now he's the starter in, in Denver, gave him some much-needed depth because his other running back starters were Eddie Lacy, who you can't really trust, and Lamar Miller, who we don't know how he's going to be used. Um, but then in return, I got the 101, which means I'm going to take Zeke all day long. I like it because you've taken two guys that could potentially take hits to some degree in this upcoming draft, right. and you've turned him or turned them per se into one starter who should get it from week one and not look back. Right, and I think Zeke Elliott's going to be amazing in this league. I, I honestly, I re- running backs in the off season have the most tenuous hold on their positions, and so if you can cash out on a running back in a not a good position then I would go ahead and take it. I, I can't name a single running back right now that I don't think would take a hit based on the draft. Me either. Maybe Gurley, you know, um, but, but then look what happened to Trey Mason. Exactly. I was going to say, just think about what happened the year before with Trey Mason. So, so you know, you really can't even say that. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, after last year, even he's looking over his shoulder with D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. D-Will showed that he can really run. I mean, I think it's going to be Le'Veon's job. Well, so do I. But if anything happens, if he gets nicked up or if they're trying to spare him for the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, they decide, oh, you know, we're going to rest you for two games for the playoffs or we're going to put you in as a, a running back by committee for two games so that you're, you know, not getting worn out. And all of a sudden, there goes the important part to us. The yeah. points. And so what I what I like about that trade is that I cashed out on two guys that the other guy can take shots on, but I cashed out on, on guys that were had a high value and I was able to insulate myself like for at least another year. And maybe who knows, maybe this time next year I'm moving Zeke Elliott for the one on one again. We'll see. What I like about it is now in the news both number four Dallas and number eight uh, Philadelphia have been tied to him once again with new reports. Yeah, and you know I and hate that because I'm a Redskins fan. I, I, I understand that completely. But if he goes there, they're two of the best offensive lines up front that mm-hmm. you could go to. Exactly. Um, another trade I kind of liked, and this is kind of a 2-4, um, I traded uh, four to get Alfred Morris before he was signed with Dallas. I traded away uh, the 306 and Isaiah Crowell. And Crowell had been kind of rotting on my roster. Um, I didn't really want to have him anymore and so mm-hmm. I had 306 and I figured you know that can get Alf. Alf is was unsigned at the time and I got some rumors about um, him maybe signing with Dallas actually you took me you took me off to that um, so thank you and then well, draft Twitter is amazing yeah I know and then the next day I turned around after he signed obviously I turned around and I traded Alf away for Kevin White in the 303 so the guy who got Crowell will be happy because Crowell looks to be one of the guys there. He looks to be the guy. Um, for now, at least. He's, he's a good runner. Um, mm-hmm. But I was able to move up 
three spots and get Kevin White, who I am really high on in exchange for somebody who enjoys uh, that Dallas offensive line and envisions Alfred Morris behind them. I think it was a great move. I uh, Looking at it, Elf's going to have a spot in it. I, I, there's a lot of talk out there that it's going to stay DMC's job. Mm-hmm. And it very well could. But I think that Elf is going to get his. And this year, Darren McFadden is going to get injured at some point. I agree. I think Darren McFadden was fluky. It was fluky that he was as healthy as he was last season. Oh, yeah. His health, the end is nigh for that. Yeah. Cash out on DMC, folks. <laughs> Um, okay, so tell me about some trades that you've denied this offseason and why you denied them. Uh, two of them, uh, both, I have two, both involve uh, Sammy Coates, and actually both have come into my inbox within the last 24 hours. Oh, so wow. That's fresh. Uh, obviously, Bryant decided uh, that uh, he was going to test positive, and uh, he is taking a year off. So uh, Sammy Coates appears to be the direct benefactor of it, and I disagree with that at this point, but that hasn't stopped people from trying to sell it to me. And mm-hmm. So I received two trades. The first one I got last night for, it was Coates, and I was supposed to give up my 2017 first. Oh, God, I hate that. I quickly said, nope, and <laughs> uh, I basically uh, sent that exact reply. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your 2017 first, Coates is going to be a flash in the pan, if anything, this year. I, I like his talent, but he is definitely not a first-round talent. Um, he and is nothing exactly is worse. Who was drafted. Right, and, and nothing is worse than realizing that your uh, your choice was bad before the pick you wasted to get said bad trade is used. So then you're watching all those picks take you know take off next draft, and you're like, man, eight months ago I knew that this was going to be bad. <laughs> and I think kind of as a rule, I do not trade away my future first-round picks. No. Uh, too many people expect you to uh, downsize them. Like, uh, they expect a future first to somebody is like a second now because you're paying for that time. And it, to me, a first is a first. If I'm trading you a first in 2030, I'm going to get first round value for it now. Exactly. So, I, um, that's kind of as a rule from us, y'all. If, if somebody offers you a first, uh, or if somebody wants your first, whether it is. 2017, 2016, or as Luke said, 2030, he gets the first round talent because a first is a first is a first is a first. My God, I'll be 49 in 2030. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, if anybody wants to trade me their 2030 first round pick, I will gladly take it. <laughs> uh, then I, basically, like I said, I had two. That was the first one. The second one wasn't as glamorous. It was uh, for Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke Johnson. Pub, right, Duke Johnson. But my Duke. problem with moving Duke is... He uh, he's walking into a uh, the Hugh Jackson offense, and if he's going to have anything that would uh, emulate uh, what Giovanni Bernard was able to do in Cincinnati, then he's a hold for me too, because his value is going to go higher. Yeah, I agree. I think that Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, is a good comparison for Crowell and Duke right now. I do too. I think that they may both underperform that mark a little bit just right. because I you know I kind of like uh, Hill better than Crowell um, but honestly I kind of like Geo and Duke about the same so I think that you know he, if anyone's going to do something and, and going to shine in this type of offense if it's the same offense mind you it's going to be Duke 
Yeah, and one of them is younger, so I would definitely take Duke over Geo right now. Right. I but uh, but yeah, so what about you? Geo's younger. Anyway, uh, Duke is younger. Um, but yeah, so I, I have two, and one of them I am actually looking at right now. Um, I'm going to deny it, but I thought I'd go ahead and pull it up so that I could talk about it. Um, I was offered... Somebody wants wants to give me their early first round, 2016 first round pick. It is not in the top five. Um, it's in the top ten, but it's it's early in this league. It's a it's a larger league. Mm-hmm. In exchange, they want me to give them my later 2016 first, my 2016 second, and my 2017 first. Whoa. Yeah. So basically, I'm giving up two firsts and a second to move up in the first round. That's insane, folks. It sounds to me like they're banking that you are going to have an early 2017 first. Yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, I mean, in this league, it's, it's an orphan team that I'm kind of taking over. Uh, orphan's not really a good description because I'm taking over mid-draft. But um, I, I think that that is just, sorry, it's a ludicrous offer. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I haven't seen an offer that is that crazy in a while. Um and I think it, it's, a, it's a representation of some people are just going to offer around as exactly what they want to offer around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, folks, if you are looking to move up in the first, don't offer another first. At the most, like, if it were my, if it were my first and my second to move up in the first, I'd consider it if the right guy was there. But two firsts to move up in the first is never worth it. As we just said, a first is a first is a first is a first. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So if you're looking to move up to, say, in this year, get uh, Josh Doxson, Corey Coleman, Laquan Treadwell, nobody's going to get you into the 101, by the way, at this point. Um, so if you're looking to move up from anything that's not the 102 to 104, don't give up a future first. Don't mortgage your team's future. That's just the dumbest thing in the world. Right. Besides, right now, would you really want to move up into the 101? I mean, you're going to. Everyone knows the 101 is going to be Zeke, unless one of these wide receivers lands somewhere that's amazing. And look at the draft next year. The draft next year is full of running backs right. that you know could pop just as well as Elliott. So why would you waste um, uh, getting into the first? You know, getting the 101 this year when all you have to do is wait a year. Get a couple scrap guys together to make it through this year. And, you know, even if you end up with the 104, 105, you could still hit. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to live reject this trade. <laughs> Man, I wish I would have kept the trade so I could live reject my trade too. Yeah, hold on. I'm saying in the comments, I'm saying, what? No. Two firsts and a second for an earlier first. You have been live rejected. You have been live rejected. I hope he listens. Sorry, Tom. All right. We should go straight on freaking Oprah. Um, I know. <laughs> so uh, another trade that I've denied, and this this one is a much more friendly trade. Um, this is with a good friend of mine. Uh, it involved the earlier trades that we were talking about for Alfred Morris. Initial, my initial offer was Isaiah Crowell in the 306 for Alfred Morris, and this was before he had signed anywhere. I was just kind of banking on maybe he'll get to Dallas. The guy came back and offered me, and he said, would you do Perriman instead of Crowell? Now, since since this trade, we found out that Brashad Perriman is not yet running fully, um, which kind of depresses his value. 
but I would even even at the time I was really high on Paramin. I still am high on Paramin. So giving up Paramin, who I view as a first round talent, and the three hundred six for a mid lane talent that had not yet signed with the Cowboys, um, that was just too high of a trade for me. And the, and the other guy admitted, you know, he was high on Paramin too. So he wasn't trying to screw me. He just was high, trying to get his guy. Um, but I, I ended up saying no. It's it's Crowell and the three hundred six for Morris or nothing. Um, and I, so I rejected that trade, but we ended up working out other ways. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I would say folks, if you take somebody in the first round, the next year he's insulated. So Perriman is a first rounder and he's insulated for at least this year, despite the news about his not running yet. So don't just sell him because he didn't produce this past year. Absolutely. I am, uh, I'm not actively going out and trying to buy him, mm-hmm. but if I have Perryman anywhere, I am not selling him. I am holding on to him unless I get that Godfather-type offer. You know, I mean, if someone wants to take my 107 and Perryman to move me up to the 101, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, but anything past that, uh, he's going to be sitting there, and I just hope that... Uh, Come August, the uh, the story is different out of Roto World. Yeah, and I think by the way, Roto World is a great source for news. If you have not checked it out, check it out. Um, but I would say if if you have Paramount, hold on to him because right now they're just looking. People are just looking for news to report, and if he's not rolling fully, what the heck does that mean? I mean, uh, unless you can get something exact, like just like you said, Luke the 107 or late first to move up to the 101 to get Zeke. Don't mm. do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that covers the trades that we have wanted to highlight. Obviously, we're you and I are both very active owners. We trade a lot. Speaking of being an active owner, you and I just completed a startup draft for a Dynasty League. Yes, we did. It was uh, the 2B Determined TBD Dynasty League. Which I think is hilarious. I do too. I kind of like it. It's a nice ring to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, talk to me about this a little bit. You invited me to this league. I did. And first off, I want to read to you this amazing lineup, okay? Okay. All right, let me get to it. All right. The uh, starting quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. Mm. It's a two-start running back league, but this person only has one running back on their roster as of right now, mm. and that's Zach Center. Their wide receivers are Devontae Parker, Kevin White, Rashad Perryman, Devin Funchess, J.J. Nelson, and Jarrett Boykin. Who is Jarrett Boykin? (laughs) Uh, It's a a, uh, super flex league, so you can start a quarterback in one of your flex spots. And this person has Sam Bradford in their flex spot. Has uh, Eric Ebron as their uh, one start tight end. Who's their backup tight end? Uh, Michael Pruitt. Mm, what a good guy. Absolutely. And then going down the list here, uh, they have the rookie picks for this year the 101, 103, 104, 111, 208, 304, 308, 403, 405, 407, 408, 410. Four eleven. <laughs> what did you do? 
Oh, I had a lot of fun with this draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I um yeah. By the way, I'm totally stoked on this team. It's it's a start two running back league. You can start up to three. Actually, you can start up to four. Yeah, technically, yes. But uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to go as young as possible, build for the future, and shoot the moon on the first year. So the way I see it, I actually ended up with a decent starting lineup. I agree. I, I thought it was – you have no idea how jealous I am of your team. <laughs> Shucks, you're making me blush on air. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – First off, to get both Tyrod Taylor and Sam Bradford, you know, in the later rounds where you did, uh, versus uh, with mine, I, I got Aaron Rodgers and uh, Russell Wilson, you know, two of the top four guys, but I spent a lot to get them. I took them both in the first, where you were able to get talent that it, it helps, it doesn't hurt you. Well, I ended up getting Tyrod in the seventh round. Right. Uh, the back end of the seventh round, and I got um, Bradford through a trade based on a player I took in the fourteenth round. Right, which, which that was amazing. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, no! So, so this whole entire league function was so good. We both started out with you were going to follow the youth model, attempting to grab young uh, wide receivers as much as possible, right. and grow through future rookie drafts while collecting as much value as possible. Mm -hmm. And then I went with the attempt of just going the, I'm going to get the talent that's out there now and take where I can. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with how mine worked out, though, is no one else got the memo and everyone tried to win now. Yeah. So they, the value that I tried to keep by taking two quarterbacks early were wasted. I could have waited and probably have gotten Aaron Rodgers and then Jameis Winston if I had just stayed put. Well, what's interesting is that this league didn't think about youth really at all. I think we, we have about four people who are trying to win this year. Mm -hmm. We have uh, five people who are thinking about the two- to three-year window. We have another two people who are in the, you know, maybe three to four and then we have me, who is, who knows when I'm going to be winning. But, I mean, the way I see it, with the 101, I basically drafted another running back because I'm going to take Zeke there. As I said earlier, I'm going to take Zeke with the 101. So mm -hmm. my starting lineup will look like, right now, it'll look like Tyrod, Zenner, Zeke, Parker, White, Perriman, Ebron, Bradford, and Funchess. And then I, I, I whatever defense I get. I did not draft a defense in the startup. Right. Uh, one of the things that I do like about uh, what I ended up doing yeah. is this league uh, pays forward for uh, return yards and touchdowns. Right. So you grab Amir I had Abdullah. Abdullah. Yep, Abdullah. I also got Tyler Lockett. Yep. Uh, let's see if there's anybody else in here that I grabbed with that in mind. A few of your people have returned in the past. Um, doesn't Montgomery, Ty Montgomery, do returns? I, I believe that he, I don't know if he, I, I think he, he does one or the other. It's either he does kickoff or punts, but he does one of them. Right. So I think all of those players are going to be great for you because you're going to get return yards. I remember the first year I ever played in a return yards league, I had uh, Jaquiz Rogers <laughs> when, he was, when, you know, when he was playing for the Falcons in um, 
I started him every single week just because his return skills are amazing. So it, you can never overvalue the a returner because they'll always if, in a return yards league you'll get some points out of them. So I really do like your lineup. Your lineup is uh, your two quarterbacks because it's super flex. Obviously, are Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Um, your running backs include uh, you've got Amir Abdullah, Chris Ivory. Spencer Ware and Kyrie Robinson. I think Spencer Ware and Kyrie Robinson are, are good flyers. I do too. I, I got Spencer Ware late, mm-hmm. like fifteenth round, and it, it it came on the news that he had just re-upped with Kansas City. That was completely timing based. As a matter of fact, that guy before me took Sharkano. Uh, yeah, he took Sharkano uh, West. So, and I'd rather have Ware than West just right. because of the way it sets up. And then um, your your receivers included Lockett, Montgomery, Floyd. You got Michael Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on your bench, you've got Brian Quick, who you and I have an ongoing bet about. We do. I wanted Kenny Bell so bad in that slot. As a matter of fact, the reason why I took Quick there is because of that bet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so that way, just in case you are right, I have shares. That's right. And by the way, folks, backstory, our bet was that uh, Brian Quick was going to outscore Kenny Bell this coming season. I have money on Quick. He has money on Bell. Um, and I might lose that one. Uh, <laughs> and then you're, to round out your bench, you've got Stevie Johnson. Now, you've got a really good draft set up here. You have the 105, 107, 108, 201, 202, 305, 311, and 402. Don't you have the 106, too? Uh, no, I actually moved the 106. Oh, when did you do that? I moved it with uh, Caleb to get his 2017 first. I missed that. Yep, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Oh, yeah, no, I uh, I wanted to, after I traded with you, I decided oh, yeah, I see to, uh, to re-up it. Yep, yeah, I got the uh, 604. So, you know, at that point, I at 604, I ended up grabbing... Uh, the rookie 105. So with by giving him, oh yeah, that's the 106. No, right? no, no. You had you traded the 106 and the 1607 for the 1109 and the 30. Oh, the, ele- the 1109. So that would have been. We're sitting here talking about stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I was got Chris Ivory and his 2000. So, yeah. At, on the board at that time, Chris Ivory was the last person that could be "quote unquote" a starter. Everyone yeah. else was uh, failing off, and uh, I had to jump up and grab him quick. Yeah, and I, I think that um, the the approach you went with would typically be good in in a normal startup by going kind of a two to three year window, maybe winning now. Um, but folks, we want to say, whatever you do going into a draft, make sure you stick to it. Mm. Because if at any point I had, if I had strayed from, you know, my my plan of going very young and taking like a Frank Gore in the 16th round or 17th round or 18th round, whatever, because he sat there for a while, that would have blown up my whole plan. I would have had this dinosaur sitting on my bench when I was grabbing a third round pick there who will probably make my roster this year. Um, so and then Luke, you you committed to the winning now, and you kind of evened out by taking some future picks, but that's based on what was left. So, right, and and I really like it. I have five or six picks in between the uh, um, the one oh, you know, like the one oh four, 
104 as my or 105 is my earliest, I believe. Yeah. But uh, between where I have my first my 105 all the way to 202. So during those first 14 picks, I have five spots. And in that place, I can get the running backs I'm going to need. I can get the wide receivers that I'm going to need to, if not be, you know, competitive this year, definitely next year. Yeah. Oh, there's your cuckoo clock. <laughs> yeah. That is that cuckoo clock is for you folks. Um, <laughs> so, so let's let's talk about some of the trades we made um, during during the startup. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, first off, we should go over the trade that you and I did. Yeah, we started off the draft. I had the 108, and Luke had the 106. Yes. And so, you know, knowing the strategy that we each were going to do, it was we thought it would be mutually beneficial. Uh, if Luke received my 108, which means I traded completely out of the first round, um, and in return I received his 207, 407, and his 2017 first, now, folks, that's a trade I'm looking to make in every single startup I do. Yeah, I think it's it's textbook for me. You know, as being even the recipient of that earlier pick, I think it's it's the way to do it because you're getting you know you're getting that first rounder for the person that in the moment, and the other guy is getting a future first, and then he's also getting yeah, high enough picks to make it worth it. Right, and if I were in your shoes, Luke. Um, if I'm trading for an extra first-round pick in a startup, I'm not just trading for one extra. I'm wanting to trade for two because the way that um, I think that you really get the value if you're you know, not going to be picking for a couple of rounds is if you get three and three studs in that first round to really set you up because mm-hmm. that way you fully commit to it. Right. No, and that does make sense. Uh, there's a lot of – I wouldn't say regret. I think regret's too strong of a word. Right. Um, I just wish that uh, I would have uh, not tried play safe. I think that if I would have sold out in one direction, I'd feel a lot better about it now. Yeah. Um, because uh, I'm playing catch up with this draft with uh, picks that I need to hit on versus having the opportunity to get the higher guys. Right. And so let's talk about some of these other trades we completed. I think my favorite trade that I did. And this was a series of trades, and so I'm going to kind of use this as my overall trade talk. Um, I was sitting there with the 605. So in the sixth round, I had the fifth overall pick. And I traded back to the 606 for a fourth rounder because I knew that the guy who was sitting there at the 606 wanted Jordy Nelson. And I did not want Jordy Nelson. So I said, you know, I'll just move back one, one pick um, and pick up an extra fourth round pick in 2017. Well... I, I do that trade, and then another guy comes up and says, oh, my guy's still there. Here's what I'll do. If you trade me your six, what is now the 606, I'll give you the 704 and a 2017 second. So I traded completely out of the um, sixth round in exchange for a 2017 second and a 2017 fourth. <laughs> and both of my guys were still there. So I come around to the fourth round thinking, you know what, well, somebody's got to make this decision for me. In the sixth round, I was going to have to pick between two. If I'm in the seventh round, a fourth overall pick, somebody will have grabbed one of these two players. I get to the 704, and both of my guys are still there. So I say, oh, well, you know, how am I going to choose between? Well, lo and behold, another guy comes up and says, you know, for the 704, my guy that I want is there. I'll give you 
the 707 and a 2017 third. So I traded back three spots um, in order to pick up an extra third. So thinking, you know, between the 704 and 707, surely somebody's got to pick the guy that I want. So I traded back to the 707, and now my other pick that I naturally had in the seventh round was the 708. So now I've got back-to-back, -back, 707, 708. Both of my guys were still there. The guys that I wanted at the 605 were still there at the 707 and 708. So with the 707 and the 708, I took Brashad Perriman and Tyrod Taylor. And on the way there, from the 605, I picked up a 2017 fourth, second, and third. That's crazy. And it's so funny because if you look at it right now, you have, you know, forget forget the uh, picks we named for your 2016 draft that's coming up in June. Uh, your 2017 right now, you have four firsts. Actually, yeah, I have four firsts. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, four firsts. You have one, two, three. You have five seconds. Wow. You have three. Where are you at? You have uh, three threes. And then you've got three fours. Yeah, I've got a lot of picks next year. And that's going to be a much better class than this one. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, it's going to have a lot of more top side and whatnot to it. Although, right. to be fair, I do like the depth In of the draft. this draft. But yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah I, I do agree, though. I think you're going to have a lot of firepower to move around and get the guys you want. Exactly. So just that one trade really set me up very nicely for the future. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that's my, that was my big trade of the day. Or of the draft, rather. Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> Thank you. Now, um, what's a what's a trade that you really liked? Oh, the trade that I liked uh, the most going in towards the later rounds uh, is uh, it was actually a pretty big one. Uh, Caleb ended up trading with Alex. It was a uh, Caleb. Uh, received uh, T.Y. Hilton, Delaney Walker, and the rookie 211. Right. Or uh, Des Bryant and the rookie 212. Hmm. So you, you take uh, you take the uh, rookie picks out of it because it's 211 for 212. Right. Okay. So basically you're looking at T.Y. Hilton and Delaney Walker uh, for uh, Des. And as of right now, I think that's uh, I think it's, that's fair compensation. I agree. I think that that is fair because Delaney Walker's old but man he puts up some points and T.Y. Hilton's young and he's got great chemistry with Andrew Luck right and last last year is not uh going to be the story going forward for Andrew Luck I mean right. I know he's got he potentially may have shoulder issues or whatever going forward but it's I don't see it happening right so uh, what about you did you find one in there that you liked uh like I said I, I really liked my my um moving out of the sixth into the seventh uh, one I, that I really kind of enjoyed seeing was all of these picks where people would trade an earlier, like a 13th rounder and a 16th rounder in exchange for a 14th rounder and a 15th rounder. So they move back in one round and up in a later round. Mm -hmm. And generally the people who got the picks in the middle of that, so the people who got the 14th and the 15th in exchange for the 13th and the 16th, I really like how they consolidated the talent there so i thought i really like those kinds of trades and startups i did too I, I we ended up having 30 trades in our startup yeah well uh, 12 of those were mine 11 yeah. 12 well 11 12 <laughs> um, i had four or did i end up getting my you got five you got five i, I did get my five at the last second that's right 
but uh but yeah no it was it was it was very fun i i really enjoyed it yeah and folks i would say get in as many startup drafts as you can they're just a, a blast um before we go i know you're in kind of a time crunch luke um what is what is one trade you really didn't like that you completed uh, well besides the first one oh yeah besides the first one <laughs> uh for me um man I uh, I kind of like the rest of the trades I had though. Like um, first, I know there's one that you you're not thinking of right now. Where you get oh, in, where you got that fourth round pick at the 29th overall trade. Oh yeah, because there's a player you wanted that ended up. I up. want yeah, that's true. I want, I wanted Jeff Hooerman because I uh, I think he's gonna do good, and he actually ended up going in the 24th round. Right. So what uh, happened, folks, was. Uh, Luke traded out of the 24th and 25th rounds, the last two rounds of the draft, in exchange for Caleb's 2017 fourth, which um, Luke thought that he would be able to grab Jeff Hewerman off the waivers. But immediately after the pick that was Luke's in the 24th round, Jason took Jeff Hewerman. It's okay. I, I cried a little bit, but no. I got I got another target. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, I think one of the trades that I kind of wasn't thrilled about, but... um. Uh, and it ended up working out was I traded the rookie 312 that I had drafted in exchange for um, a two 25th round picks, so two last round picks. Um, with those 25th round picks, I took the 411, um, and then I took Jarrett Boykin. So I really traded back a full round to get Jarrett Boykin. Well, I mean, if Jared Boykin pops, the value's there. Right. And, the folks, the reason I like Jared Boykin is because my boy Jared Boykin has hands that are massive. He catches everything thrown his way. He's a little slow. He kind of broke out with the Packers a couple of years ago, you might remember. But then uh, the Packers drafted three receivers, and he got pushed off that depth chart. Well, he has just signed with the Buffalo Bills. And so he's reunited with Tyrod Taylor, who they were – best friends at Tech, of Virginia Tech, and they love throwing uh, and playing catch. Uh, so I think that Jared Boykin coming back to Tyrod will be amazing. So if you can grab him late or get him for a fifth or claim him off your waivers, honestly, do it. Uh, yeah, I, I think Jared Boykin's an excellent grab. He's a, he's a great waiver wire ad at the moment um, just because, I mean, his only real competition – is Woods for that number two. And I don't think Robert Woods is going to be able to do it. I mean, Tyrod has expressed that the reason he wants Jared Boykin is because he doesn't. Have, Tyrod doesn't have anybody to throw to over the short middle routes. So think kind of Julian Edelman light. Right. I mean, the closest thing they had to it uh, last year was Chris Hogan, and he's gone. Yeah, he is long gone, speaking of the Patriots. So um, I think that kind of wraps up our talk about that draft. Uh Folks, I, it was wonderful to talk to you guys today. If you have any questions, please reach out to us by emailing intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. What's that, Luke? It's intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. Yeah, you've been listening. Good job. <laughs> so uh, until next time, uh, thank you all very much for listening. I am Noah Downs. And I am Luke Bisson. And you guys have a great week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>